Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back to the Core Nourishment Podcast. I'm Annie Wagoner, your host, and thank you so much for tuning in today, for taking the time to subscribe, listen, perhaps share my podcast with anyone who you think might be interested. What I am loving about this time is it's really nudged me to connect with people from all over the world. So I am able to now podcast remotely. I used to really prefer the in-person Um, However, with people I was struggling to align schedules with or a few people who I've known for a long time I've wanted to interview who don't live in this area, I am finally starting to make things happen and it feels really good, which also means that if you don't live in the Seacoast area but you're interested in being a guest on my podcast, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Core Nourishment or on my website at AnnieWagoner.com. So I had so much fun interviewing Emily Spencer today for episode 33. To use Brene Brown's term, she labeled herself as a slower, closer person. So she is really landing in the essence of time during this COVID-19 experience and really appreciating the slowdown, her time outside, the walks, um, sunshine, And Emily and I just had so much fun. We dove into all layers pelvic health related. She is a physical therapist and yoga teacher who really specializes on pelvic health. And when we say layers, we talked about physical, emotional, mental, the shame, the confusion, empowerment, self-love. And Emily dove into her story in her own experience in her body and feeling really disconnected and uncomfortable going through changes, um, finding herself really hiding and how yoga really helped her to step back into her body, into her sense of power and freedom and love. Emily talks about dancing and how much joy and expression that that brings her. We talk about relaxation and yes, we're talking about pelvic floor relaxation and how incredibly important that is. She is incredible at just offering her knowledge and education, doing incredible videos. We dive into joy and pleasure, intimacy. Emily shares about her bladder boot camp and the importance of listening And also just wants everyone to know that you are normal. You are enough. You are perfect just as you are. So tune in. There is so much here. I had so much fun and I hope that you walk away having learned so much more about your pelvic health. Thank you so much for joining me today, Emily. This is so fun. Oh, this is going to be great. Thank you so much for having me, Annie. (laughs) I know. I'm so, I've been looking forward to this for a while and um, I appreciate you being like, this is new, the Zoom Mm -hmm. um, remote podcasting. Um, I so appreciate landing kind of in person with people and their energy. Um, So I'm grateful to be able to see you and, and feel you from here. So yes. Yes, yeah. thank goodness we have this technology during this time, you know? I know, seriously. Mm. Um, it is it is true. I've thought about that a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so one of my favorite questions, as you probably know, that I love to dive in um, to with people is what, is, what is nourishing you right now? And I know this mm. time with COVID-19 perhaps is a little bit different, um, but as you connect with just the present, what is lighting you up? What's fueling you? Yeah. No, it's such a good question. And it's one that I've been pondering for a few days. And, you know, it is an interesting time for all of us. But what I think is really nourishing me in this moment is this time. (laughs) And I know that I say that from a place of privilege, um, but I have truly been a, you know, I'm a person who, you know, Brene Brown 
says there are slower, closer people and further, faster folks. Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah. And I am a slower, closer person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So this time I've just really been enjoying, um, you know, whether it's taking walks in the middle of the day, you know, getting some sunshine, which I know this time of the year we're all as New Englanders appreciating. Yes. Um, But taking time and just slowing down. And, you know, kind of partaking in rituals that I usually don't make time for. Mm. That's been really, that's been really feeding me. What's an example of one of those rituals? So this might sound silly to some of your listeners. And, um, you know, I'm sure my father, the scientist, is probably like rolling his eyes up there. (laughs) But um, I have, it's funny, I bought these like this Oracle deck years ago um it you know they're just these messages and they're like angel cards i'd say and haven't used them right but in the slowing down process and taking more time for meditation i kind of dusted them off and brought them out and they're just so comforting these messages and it's this time for me to really check in with myself right and specifically checking in with myself spiritually and emotionally Mm. in this culture and this world we live in is um, such a hero's journey, you know, to take that time. Um, And I, so, so that's been something um, that I've been experimenting with and just really enjoying, I'm enjoying that comforting message, but also enjoying the, the, the time that it gives me to, check in with myself and really practice my intuitive muscle, if that makes sense. Oh, I love that, Emily. I love the phrase intuitive muscle. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's something I've struggled with. Um, you know, you hear people talk about, you know, what's your gut feeling? And, and that has always been just a hard thing for me to kind of put my finger on. So it's something I've just started to to dabble in and to practice. So, so the cards for me is just this time to really practice that and trust that. Mm. So that's been really giving me a lot. Yeah. That's fantastic. I don't think it's silly mm. at all. I think, it's an, <laughs> I think, I think it's an invitation, you know, for people to, to who are listening to this to recognize like we, every single person has that intuitive muscle in them, you know, and it's, yeah. it is, it does take practice, but to really, like slow down and connect and listen yep. and just start, yep. just start really hearing those messages more clearly and loudly. So yes. I love it. That's great. Yes. Is there one specific message that you've received recently that resonated mm. more strongly than another? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, the one that first comes to mind is one that I pulled a few days ago and it just says it was go for it. Mm, that's great. <laughs> that's what it said. Yeah. And it, it's, um, in, in this time in my life right now, as I transition um, from one, um, as I, we talked about it earlier um, before we press record, but I'm transitioning jobs right now and I'm moving into a role of leadership and that's exciting and nerve wracking. Um, so to get that message um, and to take this leap, is, it was just so perfectly aligned and just like, you know, it just feels like, you know, all of my, my spirit guides or whoever they are, just like, they've got my back. You yeah. Know? I'm like, I'm like witnessing them just like pumping their fists and cheering exactly. you on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, wonderful. Yeah. It's a good message. It's good. Wow. That's great, Emily. Thanks for sharing. That's yeah, great. Yeah. So, so you, Emily, I remember that I remember first meeting you. It makes me smile. And I literally, um, we were just writing about it yesterday after my post, but, um, but just like first meeting you at Empower Yoga in Portsmouth, um, through Carol, uh, Castellan offering her juicy, yummy yin class. And, um, I just loved your energy right away and was so inspired by what you offer in this community um, and this world now with your, Mm. your Instagram um, platform um, and videos. But yeah, you are like, so I know you as a yogi, um, another yogini yoga teacher, as well as physical therapist, really focusing around pelvic health. Um, And I'm so curious. I've been so excited to interview you because I'm like, what, like what led you, what led you to, um, the focus of pelvic health. And I know that's a broad question. And, yeah. um, 
but yeah, I'd love to just hear your story and have you yeah. share. Yeah. Well, it's a, um, <clears throat> it, it is a question I get a lot, especially from patients when they initially come in, you know, um, how, how did you get into this? I didn't even know this, you know, field of or subset of physical therapy existed. Um, and I, so I've had a lot of time to think about it. And what I can say is that there's so many different layers to it. So, you know, on one layer, um, it's my just incredible passion to help women learn to befriend their bodies mm-hmm. and just find not only peace in their bodies, but to understand how their bodies work. Because for me, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, especially women, we're just not taught how our bodies work. You know, we, in a lot of ways, still grow up with, um, you know, a lot of shame. We keep these places hidden. We don't talk about these things. So for me, learning about um, my, you know, pelvic health and learning about how my body works, not just the musculoskeletal body, but the nervous system and our menstrual cycles. And when I started to learn about these things, it was just so incredibly empowering and healing. Um, So that's definitely the, the root of why I do what I do. Mm. now because the you know that's the foundation of pelvic health <laughs> really yeah. um so that you know so it just in so many ways relates to my own story my own journey my own healing path um and then uh, on the clinical side of things as a as a physical therapist it's a couple of things you know it's I recognized early on working um you know I worked in orthopedics for many years so I worked with folks that were dealing with back pain and hip pain and I've always worked one-on-one with people, Mm. which as an aside, I recognize now um, that one of my skills as a physical therapist is I can, I can, I can sit with someone in vulnerability. And um, so that's always how I've treated, but that is so helpful in the pelvic health realm. Um, But what I was in general, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. So I recognize that, that, that I, I possess that skill as a physical therapist. So pelvic health just really allows me to, to use that. And yeah, I just recognized early on working with folks in that one-on-one environment that a lot of people didn't have any idea what was going on in their pelvis. And people would share things with me that at the time I didn't have the tools to help them. Mm. Because even in my own schooling, you know, I think back to, I think back to it. And I, you know, I think we had maybe two lectures on women's health. They called it women's health at the time, you know, to put it into context, I think we spent like eight or 10 weeks on the shoulder, you know? Wow. (laughs) So, so it was this, it's this massive knowledge gap, right? I mean, even as a physical therapist, even as a yoga teacher, um, I, I, I didn't understand how things functioned, how things worked. So when, at the time working with, you know, people with back pain and they were sharing things with me, I just didn't have the tools to be able to help them. So, so that was another, another layer why I got interested in it and essentially Mm -hmm. went back to school, (laughs) relearned everything. And now, and now I'm in pelvic health. So. And what did, what did you go back to school specifically for as you were like really for that knowledge? Yeah. So essentially pelvic health. So, um, so now I have advanced training and helping folks with, bladder, bowel, and sexual functioning. And, um, you know, you go, essentially you learn how to do internal exams. And I mean, it's, it's so much more than just the internal exam and understanding what specifically is going on with their pelvic floor and, you know, whatnot. But so that's what I mean by it, not really going back to school, but you just immerse yourself in courses that totally. are focused on pelvic health specifically. So, yeah, that makes sense. When you think, you know, going back to you, Emily, as a young girl and going Mm. through your own Mm. experience with puberty and um, getting your period and and then your relationship with um, your body, like what, Mm. um, what part of that journey, what were you going through? If you feel comfortable sharing, that's also layered into your passion. It's a huge, it's a huge layer. It's, you know, when I think back on it, it's just that part of my journey has so informed why I do what I do. Um, so, you know, going way back, yeah, I was always, I grew up in a really loving environment. So I was very fortunate. Um, 
I was always a very active kid. You know, I was a mover. My mom called me a mover. Mm -hmm. And so very athletic. Um, And then as I developed um, and as we, you know, kind of go through puberty and whatnot, I remember really resisting that. Um, I remember not really wanting to be a quote unquote, like woman now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then my body changed. And as my body changed, what was happening, you know, in terms of growing, right. And um, that was at odds with my identity at the time, which was this like athletic kid. So, and, and, you know, that, you know, in addition to just really poor self-esteem and poor, you know, body image, what I did with that as a result of all of this kind of confusion in my body, um, just kind of like hid myself behind mm. a rock for so long. Mm. That was my strategy, really my, my protective strategy. Um, and, I, you know, as much as I grew up in that loving environment, I still, you know, and had parents that were so loving and supportive, they didn't really have the language or the ability to talk with me about, you know, here's what's happening. And, you know, the, you know, this is something not to be afraid of, but really embrace. And you know, I didn't get that. Right. Right. And I, th- I think a lot of people probably, at least in my generation, like, oh my gosh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, you have this confusion about what's happening. Um, your body's changing. Again, that was at real at odds with who I, who I thought I was as this active, active kid. And um, so this, this protection of hiding yourself, that was what I did, gosh, for so long. And what did that look like, Emily? Yeah. I mean, it looked like me not taking risks, not, you know, pursuing relationships. Um, I mean, I was always like, you know, still involved in sports and I had a lot of friends and whatnot, but I didn't go out. I didn't, you know, I, I always, I, I kind of joke now, like I just, I should have been more of a troublemaker. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so that just, you know, was something I recognized for so long. Um, even I would say, I would say about around college, things started to shift for me. Um, but what shifted there was I really started practicing yoga. <laughs> uh, I was going to so, ask, like, what helped you to kind of emerge from behind the rock? The, the cocoon, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really, really, truly yoga. Um, I started taking, I was uh, playing soccer in college and what brought me onto the mat, what got me onto the mat, I should say, was these, I was having some physical, you know, back pain and leg pain, things like mm-hmm. that. You know, so why so many people come to, to come to the yoga mat, right? But over time, I recognized that being on the yoga mat, being immersed in a yoga practice, it was really, really the first time in my life that I started to have a more positive dialogue with myself. And um, it wasn't something that was like a light bulb moment. I didn't have that, mm-hmm. but I just knew that there was something kind of, you know, my body was like, no, keep doing this, you know, keep, keep going. And, um, yeah. So over time, over time, I would say, you know, maybe in my early twenties or so I started to, that started to shift for me. Yeah. Um, so, and developing more confidence and whatnot. So, so truly I can, I can look back and see that it was, it was really my yoga practice and starting that journey that got me to um, really develop compassion for myself. Yeah, I was just going to say that word, like the, the compassion and softening just showed yeah. up for me around yeah. your sharing. Yeah. 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 And that's such a huge, at least, you know, jumping forward now to the work that I do as a physical therapist that's the foundation of healing, right? I would, I would say that, you know, the two things I think I reflect on the most with, with my patients and with myself and with healing is, you know, this education, right? Understanding and not being afraid, here's how things work. And then at the same time, you know, developing compassion through yoga and meditation. And, and that's, those two things come together to just form the foundation of healing. I think for so many people, at least that was my experience. Yeah, and just how integrative it is. It's not black or white or one or the other, um, right. but just as you've mentioned already, that word layer. Like I'm just, it's just the layering of tools and support that that you're helping to empower others to connect with. That's amazing, yeah. Emily. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's neat to think on now, right? Because I think for so long, you just, you know, kind of move forward. So, you know, that's the other thing I've been recognizing with this time that we, well, at least I have, again, that I'm grateful for, um, as, especially as I switch roles, I'm really looking back, <laughs> I'm really looking back and being, you know, feeling so grateful for my journey and understanding now more why I do what I do. Mm. So it's neat to get to that place. Yeah. Um, and it's a journey. I mean, I still work on the, you know, the self-talk and the judgment and whatnot. That's, that's, you know, I'm sure something that will be a continual practice. Again, I'm sure so many women can relate to that, right? <laughs> well, I was just about to say, Emily, like, I'm so grateful that you're, you're, um, touching upon that, that piece, because I was uh, literally actually having that kind of experience for myself this morning in my meditation, um, where just in like the last day, personally, like my own self-critic came up pretty strongly. And that, that desire sometimes of like, man, like, again, like, I thought I've already like worked through this, right? <laughs> you know, or like how often, um, you know, with a, a one-on-one client, like that'll come up. Um mm-hmm. That, you know, someone will say, like, why is this showing up again? Like, I've already, like, I thought I've healed this, you know, but just that those pieces of us are just, they're just innately a part of us and how we get to continue to practice wrapping our arms around those parts of ourselves that sometimes we um, resist or we feel um, are darker or ashamed of or that we judge. Um, So I appreciate you speaking to that because that's part of your purpose. That's what's led you, um, as you just spoke to, to do what you do. And then you get to also have continuous practice <laughs> in that self-work. <laughs> yes. That yeah. you get to share with your, your patients and your, yeah. your community. Yeah. So, yeah. What's, um, when you find that that part, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm envisioning like preteen and teenager Emily, Mm -hmm. you know, there's you as like athlete Emily, as you said Mm. that you felt so strongly empowered in. Um, And then the the changing, the body changing part of you. Um, Mm. When you find that duality show up within you now, what's Mm. a mantra or a practice? I know yoga, but is there anything else specifically that supports you to move through with more (laughs) kindness? Yeah. Um, yeah, it would definitely be, um, meditation and yoga. I always come back to that. I, you know, I do, I still come back to physical practices because my body, although I, I would say like neglected it for so long, my body is an, an area for me that's really rooted in my truth. So, you know, what I mean by that is I'm not an overly like, cognitive or intellectual person like I can never think my way out of something Mm. so when I'm when I'm going through something or dealing with something or an issue or what feels like an obstacle or recognizing a judgment or something I really try to tune into what is going on in my body and what I'm feeling Um, and part of that has come through uh, my work that I've, I've been doing recently for the past year I've been working with a life coach who is also like a somatic body healer and she's really helping me just it's a practice but continually checking in with well what are you feeling in your body how's that showing up for you you know where where do you feel that in your body is there a color to it I mean it's it's been a really interesting practice for me um but yeah all all of that but it's it's definitely coming back back to my body right yeah, that's so powerful too. That ability to um, almost like detach, to just observe. And yeah. again, that practice of letting go of judgment, which is so hard sometimes, but um, mm-hmm. that's beautiful, Emily. What's yeah. a, what have you learned the most about yourself in that process? Um, yeah, I think like you touched upon it earlier, actually, which is just like to have patience and know that this isn't something that's just going to be resolved and then you move on. You know, um, I think of it like grief, you know, it just, you know, it's a, it's a continual thing that I think I'm getting to a point now where it's, I'm really just understanding that, you know, it's more about acceptance. Yeah. Right. And just, and just practice. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, it's just, I always come back to, and I think everybody's different, but for me specifically, I need physical practices in my life. and, and that look, and I you know we talked about yoga and, and meditation. Those are definitely big ones for me, but dance, which, 
you know, I, I just have to say, Annie, I love the stuff that you've been sharing on social media. <laughs> Thank you. I just see in it just like, well, first of all, I mean, everyone who, who listens to this and knows you and sure, you know, you just bring so much light and <sighs> levity. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the dancing piece specifically, you know, one thing I, I feel like I, I had missed in my yoga practice for a long time was expressive movement. Mm. And that's something that dance really provides. Um, so I love that you've been dancing and sharing that so bravely. <laughs> Thank you. I really, I, I really appreciate that a lot, Emily. It's, um, and yeah, and I love how you're touching upon it because I can really relate to what you're sharing. And I, um, I was a competitive gymnast for a long time as a, as a child. And, and then like also like um, just kind of jumped into other sports and always found like the sense of um, release and like just power in my body through movement in that way. Mm. But as an adult um, and then going through yoga, I, I have to, I agree with you. Like I was starting to uh, recognize a yearning for expression in a way that I had never um, connected with and before I was going to say that I hadn't given myself permission to connect yeah. with before but I just didn't know and and that, and that was dance too for yeah. me like I think having for me fortunately like it, it was my kids like helping to bring that out of me but then also some friends of mine who um who were former dancers and still are dancers and just that permission to move freely um yes. like and yeah. music, music really lights me up too, and, and ignites that spark. So, um, so it's been, yeah, yeah, it's been really fun. And and at times, like you know, I feel completely ridiculous and silly. Yeah. But <laughs> but even the more reason to step into it, you know, and yeah. just to like, yeah, it's that freedom. <laughs> so so yeah, true. Thank so you. True. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dan- dance is dance has been something that's come back into my life um, recently in the past maybe two or three years. It's something that I did do as a child, like pre body changes. Mm, um, a because specific that, style? Uh, yeah. So I, I did a lot of like modern and ballet. Okay. And again, similarly with, um, you know, when my body started to change, you know, I remember being in a ballet class and I, you know, my teacher kept wanting me to turn my feet out and get that hip turnout. Right. And I just am not built that way. You know, yeah. I'm a bit more sturdy and, um, you know, I have some like meat to me and I'm a bit more voluptuous. So I remember struggling with that. Like, I'm not fitting into this mm. or I, I felt like I didn't fit in. Right. Um, and then so, feeling like there's something wrong with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's been so nice as an adult to just have more freedom and body acceptance and, um, and, and yeah, and, and dance again. And yeah. dance has really brought so much joy into my life as well, which I think you know, sometimes I'll ask patients, you know, what do you do for fun? What do you do for joy? Oh, and it's hard for people to answer. Yeah. But yeah, I recognize that in my life, dance has brought nothing but good things and joy. So yeah. It's beautiful. And I love that it's not linear, you know, like Mm. I think about my ways of moving for so long was very linear and that dance, anyone, any age, any body type, any Um, like can do it and just find their own expression and then it can truly invite yeah that joy so 100 percent, yeah awesome yeah totally wow um so Emily I'm curious like I I have so many just um fun questions and thoughts in my head right now like and I've been thinking about some of your recent videos um and I know you have this bladder boot camp coming up and um like I just want to dive into a little bit more of what you really offer and, um, who, like, who comes to see you, um, who seeks Mm. you out for support? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, um, so I really work with anyone with any, having any issue at all going on with the pelvis and the pelvic floor. Um, and that involves anything with the bladder, bowel, or sexual functioning. So it really ranges um, through the the spectrum of life. Um, I think the prevailing thought out there is that, you know, I work with women who are just lax and, you know, especially if they have a baby, right? Um, But but that's not really a a huge um, population that I work with, honestly. And um, we can talk about this um, a little bit, but mostly I work with women that have tightness in their pelvic floor, which is leading to issues or which has led to issues. So, um, so yeah, I really work with people, men and women, but 
predominantly more women um, across the lifespan. Um, and it can really look like, you know, helping women that are dealing with painful intercourse, um, helping um, people with endometriosis, um, helping the, you know, prenatal, postnatal populations, um, stress incontinence, fecal incontinence, constipation, prolapse, menopausal changes. Um, so it really, you know, I say the, the spectrum of someone's life yeah. and you can have these issues at any point, but um, those are some of the, those are some of the folks that, that would come to, to see me for some guidance. I really, yeah, that's incredible, Emily. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm of course sitting here like <laughs> reflecting on my own personal experience, having had two kids and, mm-hmm. um, and actually like, I, I'm like, man, I wish I, I wish I had known you back then because <laughs> I remember, um, it wasn't right after I had, so, um, my daughter Sadie is my youngest one. And it wasn't right after I had her, but it was probably two years later when I started to have major incontinence issues. Mm. Um, and I'd be out on a run pushing her and suddenly have to go. And it was like, mm. um, so stressful. And like, I would have to like run to the nearest gas station or hide yeah. behind a bush. Um, and and I, I remembered being like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, I thought this would have happened like mm. right away. And, um, I actually eventually did seek out some pelvic floor mm. physical therapy, which was really, really educational and supportive. But, um, I also recognized the connection to, as you mentioned, stress as well mm. as like just, um, delayed trauma in my body. Um, mm. yeah. So I just so yeah. appreciate that you're, you're out there and that you offer what you do because it, yeah. it feels it's so basics of life. You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah, and, when you, and when you don't, you know, I think we, we like, like so many things in life, like if you have a trauma or if you have, um, you know, anything really significant happen, you really, you, you miss those just normal days. So, yeah. so many of my patients just want to feel normal again. Um, and, you know, these issues can really be, as you experience, even just like very disruptive to your life and can have huge implications. I mean, really change the trajectory of, of someone's life, you know, especially I'm thinking about some of the women that I work with with endometriosis and whatnot. Um, Do you mind sharing? I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of women who are listening and people know what that is, but just in case someone oh, doesn't of course. know, sharing what yeah. that is. Yeah. Endometriosis is, um, it's, it's a challenging disease and it's something, and I say challenging because it's something that is just beginning to be studied more, but it is a um, a, a disease that often, it, well, we're not really sure when it starts. We think that there's a genetic component, so you're likely born with it, but there's also an inflammatory and potentially autoimmune component. But it's when endometrial-like tissue um, grows outside of the uterus. It grows, you know, in the pelvic peritoneum. The You can be on the ureters. It can be on the you know, the back of the vagina and towards the rectum, it can really, I mean, it's even been found outside of the, um, the, the cavity there. It's been found like in the lungs. So oh, wow. it's a very painful condition um, that often starts presenting itself when women um, go through uh, their menstrual cycle. And often women, you know, so often women kind of subvert their pain and don't talk about it, or often they'll go to their doctors and talk about it. And then, you know, they'll be told that, well, period pain is normal, right? You know, here's some, here's some pills, here's some oral contraceptives, whatever it is. And um, so women often aren't really met with any real guidance until unfortunately much later. Um, But it can have huge ramifications for gut health and um, pain and, and uh, lots of different issues. So it's, it can be very um, challenging to live with, um, but it's something yeah. that I, we see often in the clinic and one in 10 women has endometriosis. So wow. it's something that I think we'll all start to hear more about, right? Because I think those are about the same statistics or a little bit less than diabetes. And we've all heard of diabetes. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it typically presents itself with pain, um, abdominal pain, bloating. There's usually a gut issue, a bladder issue, um, and a painful intercourse. Um, mm. often, you know, women struggle with infertility or challenges getting pregnant. So it really impacts just everything related to the pelvis, depending upon where that tissue is growing. So it's challenging to, so challenging when- to have yeah. So when you have a patient come to you um, who has that diagnosis, where do you begin? Mm. Well, first of all, listening to them mm. and 
you know, I do that with everybody, but especially these folks, because they often haven't been listened to. They've often been very much dismissed by our medical system. Um, but we're always, you know, t- you know, we're always, it's a team effort um, with folks with endo. It's really, it's really got to be, you know, okay, who's the nutritionist we're going to have here? Who's the, um, you know, potential endometriosis excision specialist we're going to potentially work with? Who's, you know, th- you know, is there a therapist we want to bring on board? It's really just, it's got to be, it's got to be that team approach for typically for these folks. Um, so yeah. And often there's high tone in the pelvic floor muscles. So, um, you know, probably not day one, but eventually we're talking about pelvic floor relaxation, breath techniques, um, and trying to relax and soften these pelvic floor muscles, which for many reasons have been kind of tightened. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And that's huge, Emily, when you, so when you say relaxation and that's something, I mean, that's mm. what I learned the most is I remember, um, I remember being, you know, when I was going through my own um, experience and and healing, thinking, well, what's wrong with me? Like, I, I'm so strong down there, like, you know, and not even not even knowing and realizing, like, actually, that is the challenge. That's the issue is like, not ever knowing how to fully relax. Um, right. And you posted a video or no, uh, I think it was just a, it was an infographic, but something around um Kegels on the toilet. Like, do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is this the time to do it? And yeah. I was like, that's me. Like I, I, I have to like literally, like actively, even now, say like, relax, Annie, because I yeah. feel like I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah. like it takes me forever to go. <laughs> so yep. it's just, it's it's so fascinating. Um, yeah. Can you speak oh, to yeah. that piece a little bit more? Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's so much to say about it, but. Um, you know, your experience is such a common experience. Most women who come into the clinic are surprised to hear that they have tightness. And I think it's important to also say that you can be tight and weak. Mm -hmm. A tight muscle isn't a strong muscle. Mm. Um, But that's for many reasons. You know, our um, a really fascinating study actually was done in 2001. Um, I'm forgetting the author right now. Oh, Vandeveld, I believe, was the, was the author. But it was a study done on 50 women, attached, you know, electrodes up to these women, and they showed women kind of um, scary images, if you will, um, just to see, you know, okay, let's see how their muscles respond. So before you blink and before you move away from the threat, your pelvic floor muscle tightens which I think is so fascinating. And I share that with folks because, listen, this is an area, and it makes sense, this is an area that we are just hardwired to protect. I was about to say we're so protective. (laughs) So protective for good reason, right? Because this is where all of our basic functions happen, where we pee, poop, sex, like this is is procreation, right? So, So we're just really hardwired to protect this area. So we have to understand the nervous system implication right? So, um, you know, we're not probably being chased by a bear, (laughs) but a lot of us are subject to all those modern day stressors, which can accumulate and and cause some tightness. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, If you think about, right, like most people are in a chronic state of stress just based on on life. And, um, and I think we naturally think like, I think of other ways that shows up, but but to, to connect to the pelvic floor in that way, um, is that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it to really recognize is. that, that gripping, that holding, um, yeah. and not only physically, but then energetically and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's powerful. I love, mm-hmm. I really love that you touch upon first and foremost, the listening piece, Emily, with your clients. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. You know, that we need that. Yeah. People want to be heard you know, um, just, you know, unfortunately our healthcare system isn't really set up for that. Um, you know, I can't remember what it is, but I think the average person gets like what, eight minutes or so with their doctor. (laughs) Mm, So, so yeah, listening is listening, listening is so important and it's always a, a practice for me right? Because you're, you want to sit in this vulnerability, right? With a person, you want to listen to the story. And then at the same time, you want to have your clinical hat on. So you're trying to piece, you know, the, the puzzle together. Right. Um, but I think the listening piece is, is, is so important. Yeah. And just 
that invitation to deeper healing because you're you're creating a safe and trusting atmosphere in that way. It's so big. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for public health because people are coming. It's so with, vulnerable. <laughs> I mean, they're feeling so vulnerable, right? Yeah. And especially if there's been any trauma there, which we all, we know the statistics, right? And yeah. And so, so it's just, yeah, it's really important to just sit there and just listen and watch and read someone's body language and, you know, um, try to just meet them where they're at and, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm always so grateful that people share their stories with me. Yeah. I think that that's it's just something continuously in awe of like, oh, like, you know, that's great that you're sharing that with me. And it just, you see, as they tell their story, they just kind of, you know, they're, they're just letting go and softening. And, and I think that that's, yeah, I just think that's so, so powerful. So. Yeah. And again, like how that all integrates and connects to then the physical health and healing mm-hmm. process. Um, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So Emily, what's, um, what's bladder boot camp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, over the past. You know, teach women about their bodies, their pelvic health and to share yoga as well. Um, born from that was the pelvic health and yoga collective, which is this Facebook group that I started a few months ago. Um, because I just, you know, as, as much as I'm immersed in it every day, so many people still don't understand, um, you know, basics, like how does our bladder work? How does our bowel work? Oh, the pelvic floor moves, right? Um, totally. So I created this Facebook group to allow a sp- another space for people to share, to be heard, to communicate. Um, and it's been a really, really interesting thing for me to watch evolve because it's, it's unique in that people are drawn to it because they have something that they're dealing with. But I'm also, because I'm a yoga teacher, I'm getting a lot of yoga teachers interested in their own pelvic health and helping other people with pelvic health. So it's, it's something I'm just really excited about right now. Um, bladder, bladder boot camp um, was this idea that I had to, to share more pelvic health education, but specifically help those that are dealing with either stress incontinence or urge incontinence. Um, so, so that's, yeah, I'm excited. It, it's, it's somewhat of an iteration of workshops I've done in the past in person at various yoga studios. Um, it's, it's had different titles along the way. Um, yeah. But this bladder boot camp really came from um, just what I was hearing from people in, in my Facebook group and, you know, what I, what I hear with, you know, talking to my friends and my mom and you know, various people. Um, sorry, mom. I just kind of threw her under the bus. Didn't I? Um, <laughs> she That's actually great. doesn't have too many issues, but, um, but yeah, hearing a lot of people suffering with this, um, with, with bladder leaks. So I, that's why it kind of, um, focused it more on bladder health specifically. So that's coming up in a, in a few weeks and I'm excited to teach people about, teach people about their bladders and pelvic health and what we can start to do about it. Yeah. And it's so necessary, Emily. Like I'm so grateful for your knowledge and your passion and your education. Um, and I know that that's such a big, important piece, um, because you are just through your Instagram and through Facebook, um, like what you're sharing is just, it's so informative and like just little ahas. Um, and I, I imagine I'm not the only one who feels that way. You are um, not. And yeah. I'm so grateful that you, um, that's fantastic that you created that collective. Um, and, and I love hearing cause I'm as a yoga teacher, like, yes, like I, I could really benefit from learning more from you. Um, and really, um, being able to then support my one-on-one clients um, in my community yes. with with some of this in integrating, whether it's the personal training, the health coaching, or the, the yoga teaching that I do as well. So, um, yeah, I just yeah. I love what you're doing. It's huge and so necessary. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is, and I'm excited because what you're expressing is what I've been. to be launching. Um, it's this is totally like a beta course, um, and I'm put, still putting it together. But I'm be doing a course, a pelvic health teacher training for yoga for yoga teachers. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, like, that's I know. Huge. You know, I've resisted it for so long, and I don't know why. Um, mm. I, well, people, who's going to be? You know, maybe people aren't going to be interested. 
Um, but since starting this Facebook group, I've had so many yoga teachers reach out to me. And I, and I think it's just because pelvic health now people are talking about it. And um, yeah, yeah. If I can, if I can share my knowledge with someone and they can help, you know, we can help people and start to open up the dialogue and, and get women and, and men comfortable with sharing, you know, what's going on. We can, we can just help so many more people. And I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited about that. So yeah, yeah that's it's coming huge. up down the pike. And I, and I love that it's, I love that it's becoming a more, um, more loud in that way. And as you mentioned, yes. and, you know, earlier, like, I just feel like there's so much shame and um, confusion <laughs> wrapped up with our, our pelvis and our pelvic health and yes. um, for, for men and for women. And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, well that you're doing the work that you are and inviting people to, to go there and to ask the uncomfortable questions and to feel safe and have a community and a place to learn. Um, yes. And that you're so integrating, powerful. like integrating so many practitioners and yogis too is, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. It, it really is exciting. And I think, you're right. I think what I'm what I'm hearing out is it it is growing, and I think that's for a lot of different reasons. But I think women are starting to you know come into their power in a lot of ways. Right? We see this on a lot of different levels, and it's just it's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, Emily, if is there like one? I'm trying to think how I want to ask this question. Let's say, is there one question like that you've gotten asked that's been so obscure and bizarre, but you're so grateful someone asked it around pelvic health or um, it's like either that kind of a question or more like, or maybe along the same lines, is there one like specific message, like one thing that you want like the whole world to know about pelvic health? So that's two things. <laughs> like what's the, what's the, what's the most bizarre question you've been asked um, uh-huh. scenario? Yeah. And then like, what is one like, thing that you're like, I just want the world to know. And maybe you've already touched upon it. <laughs> oh, that is such a good question. I would say as far as bizarre, you know, I don't, nothing is really coming to mind right now. Um, and I guess part of that is because I want the message. Like if I had something to shout out there into the world, it would be like, you're normal. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, like <laughs> I think often I get questions and concern like is this does this look normal am I abnormal you know um you know and I'm, I'm not to normalize leaking or anything like that like there's things that you can do about that right but mm-hmm. I also just want to shout out to the world women especially like you're normal you're yeah. healthy you're beautiful just the way that you are like that you know that, not to get too woo woo but that would really be the message that I want to get out there um and yeah, yeah, relax, relax yeah. your pelvic floors, <laughs> relax yeah. your pelvic floors because, you know, you know, we live in a culture where it's like, you know, further, faster, right? Do more, tighten, you know, tighter mm-hmm. is better. And uh, in my experience clinically, uh, you know, roots, you know, at least starting a place of relaxation, but getting that relaxation is the, this is truly the foundation of, of pelvic health. So that's, yeah. That would be my two-part answer to that question. Yeah, no, and I and I appreciate that, Emily, because it's true, like that, like feeling, because of again, what's so wrapped up in in that area, especially for you know, because you're talking more toward women, um, but just like that to learn to truly love their bodies and to, mm. and I imagine like when you said relax too, like. I imagine like your work also helps people to enjoy intimacy, you know, with their partners in a much mm-hmm. deeper way because they can feel more um, like healthy and normal down there as well. Like mm-hmm. know whether maybe they had had like a specific issue that you get to help them heal. Um, or maybe it's just that message of like, of the mental emotional relaxation that can help them to then enjoy intimacy and pleasure, yeah. you know, cause they yeah. know that that's all intertwined in, in this yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, I mean, we hit the nail on the head. Yeah, and, and often by the time someone comes in to see me, they're usually dealing with some sort of pain around intercourse. Um, mm. But yeah, it, starting with the relaxation piece is is just paramount, um, and and then the compassion piece. And then I'll also I'll also add. I know for me because I was a bit of a late 
for all the reasons that I, we talked about, you know, when I started, when I started giving myself permission to feel, and when I started feeling more comfortable and confident with my body and learning about started to, oh my, really begin to just appreciate my body more. And that, you know, intimacy became so much stronger, we could say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think um, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely correct. What you're saying is it's, you know, there's so many different layers, to it, but starting with a relaxation and um, being comfortable with yourself is, I would say, the biggest piece. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine so many listeners can relate to exactly what you just shared in that way. Um, yeah. Talk mm-hmm. about like, talk about self-love and self-acceptance and then, um, yep. yeah. And then I'm picturing the dancing again, finding that joy <laughs> in your body and your movement yes. and that, that release, that feeling, the expression It all is all connected. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I want all of my patients to, to, you know, it, it, you know, it might be dance for, for me, it might be dance for you, it, you know, it might be yoga, but whatever it is that brings you joy. Give yourself permission to, you know, to experience why we're alive. It's why we're here. Um, but yeah, definitely. It's beautiful. So Emily, where, where can people find you? I know that you've mentioned, you've alluded a couple of times you're in this transition. Um, yeah, I am. yeah. How can people find you? So um, the easiest way right now to connect with me is to find Instagram or um, through my Facebook group. So my Instagram handle is at pelvic yogi and um, online they can search for the pelvic health and yoga collective. Um, It's a private group. So you just have to request to join, but that's a really easy and quick way, especially now in the time of COVID-19 pandemic. um, That's the, that's the easiest way to, to connect. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, I guess, now share with the world that I'm transitioning to bring pelvic health towards to Southern Maine. So I'm going to be starting at Saco Bay PT in York, Maine, starting in July. So, um, so if anyone's needing some help to, um, yeah, get in touch. That's really exciting. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Emily, so much for this time. It's been such a joy um, to learn about you, to hear more about your story, um, and just to feel your passion and your energy and your knowledge. So thank you for sharing it with me and with the world. Well, thank you so much for having me, Annie, and thank you for the work that you do. (laughs) My gosh, my pleasure. It, uh, yeah, similar to you, it feels like a calling and uh, brings me such joy too. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.